Hi folks, welcome to episode 28 or episode 1 of season 2 of Cast. This episode is a little bit different because on most platforms it will be audio but on some platforms it will be video. We have two guests this evening, plus Aiden and I, and we'll be talking about a bit of an interesting special case in the sense that it's an interesting technique that Dave and John pointing to the wrong way but you know <laughs> have have come up with uh, dave's gonna share screen in a minute and walk through some bits and pieces aiden and i are gonna ask some leading questions to both john and dave around the technique what it does what it looks like from a risk perspective a red team perspective a blue team perspective a little bit of um fun in between and it's just something brand new that both of them have been working on so i don't know if you guys want to give yourselves a two minute intro i mean you Everyone will have heard John's voice before. We've had an episode with him. We've not heard Dave's voice before, I don't think. No, I don't think I've done. I haven't done a Ouija cast yet. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, John. Um, my name is John Carroll. Uh, I get bullied by Andy on a regular basis. I'm a, a security contractor and... Um, that's it. I've worked with Dave in the past uh, on paid for stuff, and we do stuff that's just fun. That's a that's that's all you need to know, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't need to hear your life story. It's fine. All right. <laughs> and Dave. Yeah. So Dave Mound, Death Pirate Online. Um, I have known Andy for the longest out of all of us. I think. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, no. Uh, done a lot of stuff with john uh john always hits me up when he's got some crazy stuff that he wants to get out of his head and uses me as a mechanism to put it into code and make it a realism um and that's exactly what happened here so uh john's john found all this but we've worked with some ex philly type stuff before in the past uh we we were on a job they got asked for uh what tools we wanted in the environment so we're getting a big list of tools they were kind enough to put the tools in the environment, but they didn't license any of it for us. So um, we were both using Burt for doing some stuff. Needed to do an offline install, but couldn't get the offline activation code out uh, and then use TNSX fill to actually get the offline activation code off the environment to license our Burt so we could do some work. So yeah, um, we're quite used to being able to throw things out of environments any way that we can. And this was a, a nice little addition to that. So it's rolling into fuck around and find out. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much straight up. So it, it, it more boils down to, we don't like being told what we can't do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Fair enough. And Aiden, you, everyone has heard Aiden's voice before. <laughs> yeah. You all know who I am. Yeah. Um, stuff I don't know. Yeah. No, uh, no co-host. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, press ganged into the role um, as the only vaguely other Scottish person that Andy knows. But uh, we'll uh, we'll AI Dave's voice into other Dave's voice into this somehow. But in the meantime, we do have um, Aiden and I's colleague. You want to stop? That's it. Done. <laughs> who's gonna hate us for doing that but you know oh well. <laughs> anyway what did he just say then could you play it one more time for me please you want to stop that's it done <laughs> what were you doing to spencer for him to say that andrew <laughs> <laughs> we're actually talking about soundboards of all things <laughs> and he was explaining how the soundboard worked so i soundboard him 
I didn't exhibit yo dog I heard you like soundboards so we soundboarded you talking about soundboards so we could soundboard you anyway without further ado <laughs> let's share a screen and, and do All a right. demo let's, let's do some demos yeah we're also going to try and remain on the rails as much as possible with for this episode so we'll see how that goes right so what we're going to play is the clip that we released um, on socials a couple of weeks ago now two three weeks ago um well, I'll talk you through it. So we've got on the left-hand side of the screen, the left two-thirds of the screen is our Windows uh, test machine, and on the right is our Mythic C2 server. Um, so on the Windows machine, we're going to clear out the DNS cache um, initially just to show all fresh DNS lookups that come in. And then in the bottom half, we've got our uh, Python that's just going to run a... Uh, a, a mythic agent for us um, and that mythic agent is going to do its dns um, callback to our server so that's basically what happens so first of all we'll clear out that dns cache uh, and then we'll fire up internet explorer just so you can see the uh, the dns coming in to this dns monitor so it's just waiting now for any new lookups you can see there open up explorer see all the crap that comes out of explorer we then fire up our C2. You can see there the callbacks going out to uh, these well-known domains um, and the DNS resolutions at the top for those same domains. And there's nothing else in there um, kind of hidden away from you. So that's kind of why we have that DNS monitor running. Um, everything's running for that mythic agent. So virus protection is on everything. And then in our C2, we get our callback. And that is purely using um, those well-known trusted domains so that was the end of a long period of research between uh, myself and john john actually found the issue initially as i said um and then we continued to jump into a rabbit hole we'll say a rabbit hole it turned more into a rabbit warren the more we we dug into this there was just holes all over the place and the the, the more you scratched it the the further it went um we stuck with the dnsx fill i wasn't happy until we had two-way comms um we did manage to get two-way comms hence the the building of the agent but it's not on all of the domains that we've noticed but um certainly on a few and it's still satisfied my itch that i wanted to see to over infrastructure that didn't belong to me so i didn't have to register any domains didn't have to um worry about um you know kind of getting the reputation up for those domains or anything like that it was just pure using domains that already existed so that was the the proof of concept that we wanted to get to we got there so this is the the story of um how we got to that point so um maybe maybe john um you could kind of give us an idea of what it was that you first kind of discovered um you know what what led you into the uh into the finding um, well, round of applause for Dave. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, get, we'll get like a soundboard. Yeah, yeah, bunch of claps. Yeah. Dave's, Dave's, Just Spence doing one. that, please. Dave's got other things. Stop. That's it. Done. <laughs> Dave's got some other things that uh, I don't know if he'll show, but they're they're really worth. Um, um, yeah, we can look. We can look at those. But give us yeah. the give us the okay. story okay. on how you got there. So. Um, I was doing a build review for a, a, a client and um, the build review was actually quite good apart from there was one area where um, you could you could direct um, systems proxy, but he didn't have um, 
um, elevated privileges, so you couldn't actually install certificates or anything like that. But I thought, well, I'll point it to Burp and I'll just have a, I'll leave it running whilst I'm doing some other things. You never know, FAFO, 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 right? Um, and then there was a, a, a HTTP web request going to tile-service.weather.microsoft.com or something like that. It, the, the exact domain's in the blog post. Um, and initially I thought, you know, you cheeky bastards. Like, you know, um, it's 2023, it's not wrapped up in TLS. Um, I Like everybody between my computer and Microsoft can see, you know, um, that information. And whilst it's only the weather, you know, is there is there a utility there for um, uh, analytical? Can you track somebody off it? There's still you know? location based as well, isn't it, with the weather app? So there's still quite a bit of yeah. So upset leakage. So I, I thought, well, if they've if they've not wrapped it up in in um, TLS, then you know what else are they not doing? And I just blasted it with Burp as we all do sometimes. High five Burp, um, and then it came back with host header poisoning, and I was like, like. You know, if you've ever done bug bounties or you've done app tests and you see host header poisoning, and you're like, at least just for a DNS ping back, you're like, ooh, don't hack me. You know, like it's it's not that it's not that it's not that important most of the time. I mean, maybe it plays a bigger part in you know now that cloud infrastructure is um, um, more reliant on uh, using that information or actually that information. But um, generally speaking, you know, you're not getting paid out on a bug bounty. You're not going to mark it as a medium in a in a pen test report unless you can get it to do something. Maybe if it's a full uh, uh, lookup for an SSRF or, or whatever. But DNS, meh, not bothered. But then I thought, well, actually, you know, um, because of the work that me and Dave did, like we we, we say DNS exfil, but what we actually did in the place where, where me and Dave were prior, which was what sort of gravitated me towards Dave because we have a prior relationship with this type of stuff. We were actually hitting a a, a firewall um, for, a, for a big place, an important place, uh, a very handsome place. And... Um, we were hitting the firewall and the firewall was going, you can't have the web page, but the DNS was looking up. So we were actually technically data bouncing at that point. We just didn't scale it. And so the idea is um, in, in that sort of siloed instance, we were hitting the um, the firewall, which wasn't hitting the domains, which we wanted, but the firewall was going ahead and passing over that sort of um, um, that look that look up on, on behalf of us. Uh, so that's how Dave got the burp licenses to register. And I was like, Dave, I think we can do this. Code for me, please. <laughs> so Dave whipped up some PowerShell in about 10 or 15 minutes. And I was like, thank you. I'm so disabled. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at programming. It's been so frustrating for me. And he just watches with his popcorn. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. In about, I'll, I'll give him two days of sweating and then I'll help. And then, um, so um, the, the principle was you've got, an opportunity to send um, a, a web request to a trusted or high value, high ranked domain or a less likely to be blocked domain. And in this case, it was a Microsoft domain. So you're making a web request and it, it can get a little bit confusing. Some people have like read the, the blog post and it is quite long, but the main principle is it's not traditional DNS exfil. Although when you're receiving the data, it does happen over DNS. It's 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 more it's purely fifty percent about hitting a domain that is not yours and it's going to do something for you and and send that DNS out. So that's that, that was why I wanted to call it data bouncing and Dave wanted to call it fragments and we had a, we had about ten names initially, didn't we? And it's such yeah, a weird yeah. like hackers. Yeah. We always get stuck on naming like oh we're going to call this and, and and like getting into it and. Anyway, um, so for, for when you look at that from a siloed perspective of like one to Microsoft, you go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like that's a nice little egress avenue. And if I really, really wanted to, I can use it. And the SOC probably won't see it because it might look like normal traffic of every whole endpoints um, connecting to weather.microsoft, blah, blah, blah. 
and um uh, and arguably if it's http maybe you send uh, anyway so um um showed david and then we were like where else and then uh, it was like right well as many domains as we possibly can then we we put a list of domains together um i think it was the majestic million the first one and then we hit the sygenta 10 mil maybe that's right yeah we picked up fc's uh, 10 million from the fc did work for um Clayton and you were Alexa top million it was was his uh, thing um so we threw that through um and it just became apparent that it was it was rife across a lot of domains um quite handy if you wanted to get out of somewhere and they were using whitelisting because it's pretty high chance that at least one of those domains that's in that list is um going to be allowed through in that whitelisting um, to to devs so we, we'd got this um we, what, what we did is we took a, a leaf out of burp collaborators book where we basically padded a lot of headers into requests to this top million so we got the top million the, the way that we got it to tell us um where the location was and what domain it came from was the um you, you'll see it in the in the post but it's um position so if it was a host header the sub sub subdomain would be host dot google dot and then our external address so when we received it it would tell us what domain it, it came from but also which part of the request is responsible for calling home and then so that's why there's this uh, recruiter script that basically tells you uh, all of your candidates out of the big list that you give it these are the ones that will work these are the ones that you can use to bounce um so we we went through and did a lot of na uh, domain names uh, we had a little giggle at some of them there the um you know it, the, I think the main thing that became apparent to me and Dave is that it's completely indiscriminate of industry uh, because a lot of the places that that will um, uh, fundamentally it's about getting something to do a horse name lookup um, on a really primitive level. And and me and Aidan were having a chat about some other things um, before we recorded this, where as long as you get it to do the the horse name lookup, you're going to get your your um, your data or your fragment of data. Um, so. Um, what we'd what we'd seen is that the cloud-based sort of CDN style people were probably the the most um, what was it about twenty percent of all of our the, the biggest offenders were things like load balancers, CDNs, those types of um, infrastructure devices. Um, but it it wasn't limited to that, was it? Because we did a uh, we did another run of those domains and captured the server headers that were coming back in the responses. And there's everything in there from like hit vision cameras, um, you know, Microsoft IS servers, Nginx, Apache, and then there's the big CDN providers. Um, you know, your I'm going to say the name. They're your Akamai's and people like that, right? So, um, as you kind of expect nowadays as well, that they'd be probably up there in the high percentage dealing with that traffic anyway we're talking about like the top domains and they're one of the top um cdm providers so that's kind of what you'd expect to see uh, but yeah it was uh it, it's not limited to that by any stretch because we were hoping it would be contained within a particular software or uh, or particular tech stack and then we could just go directly to them and say hey look you know you're doing something that's causing this leakage um but when we started looking at it, we were like, this, this is just all over the place. It's like, it's not, it's not limited to a, a particular stack. It's not limited to a particular company. Um, you know, is it, is it, is this now a protocol level issue 
and if we go go to the RGBLE and say, hey, maybe maybe we need something different for uh, security around these types of um, DNS resolutions from different headers within the HTTP protocol. But that's kind of where we left it, wasn't it, John? Because it's, it's just been we did we we, we mm. went through the responsible disclosure process with uh, much to John's annoyance. I think John wanted to run with it, but I was holding the reins a bit, saying, "No, let's at least get some <laughs> answers and let some people know about this." Um, but you know, people come back and say it's, it's it's not a problem, or that's that's just how the internet works. Is is one of the responses? It's like, well, that, maybe that it is, sense. but it still needs sorted out, right? It's still an <laughs> yeah. issue. So um, let let's talk about this, but yeah. Just stab somebody in the go. Yeah, that's how knives work. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a good example yeah. though. Like it's very true. It's like you, you stab you stab something like oh, that's like you find cross site scripting. Oh, that's just how HTML works. Like mm, it's not quite the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a nice point. Um, I think um, the, like me and Dev Ed, were like um, uh, we were balls to the wall for the first three weeks, hundred percent, weren't we? We were so excited about it and, and yeah. what we found and the, the the sort of research that we dipped into and and like. Dave's uh, building cloud infrastructure like there's no tomorrow to support uh, mass collection and and renderings of uh, TLDs and putting charts together and export capabilities. Should, should we do a quick basic demo? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say like segue. Se segue into a demo. We can we can dive dive into. Hopefully, it's not fucked up. Oh. <laughs> in, in in the five minutes we've left it alone. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, you can see this. So, what we've got here, basically. Um, what I did was absolutely love AWS and the ability to do things at scale and at speed. And for this research, it was no different. So we registered a domain in Route 53 and then just basically ported those Route 53. For those who don't know, Route 53 is Amazon's DNS service. So we registered a domain with them. Um, and then all of the logs for that service, we put through to CloudWatch Logs, which is AWS's logging platform. Um, and here I've just got a live tail of the logs for our um, our domain that we were using for the research purpose. On the left, uh, Insomnia, a bit like Postman if you've never used it, but we can use it just for making quick requests and messing around with headers and all that type of stuff. So I'll make a quick call to um, iTunes, Apple.com, get an invalid URL back. It's fine, 400 bag requests. Not expect to see anything here. If we then add... Um, our host in here for our DNS, and we're just appending this with, as John said, the host, because we're messing around with the host header and then the domain that we're interested in. So this is how we identify which domains uh, we're reporting back to us. Um, so if that's enabled and I send that, I still see this 400 bad request. Um, interestingly, the request uh, code doesn't really matter to us um, because the the lookup of the host header is still done. So we, you know, you can get 400 requests, 500, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we would still expect to see at some point that uh, that request coming in. So here we go. And there we go. It's coming. It's prepended proxy host in there. Um, but we've got our host.itunes.apple.com come through. So that is the basics of how this um, exfiltration is working. So... I'll stop that there, but that's a quick, quick, easy demo there with the the power of AWS behind it because it's it was so simple using it. Sorry, Apple. 
uh, yeah, apologies. Just one of many domains. One of like, many. So, one of many. Yeah. Because th- those that maybe haven't read the the blog post, like we're recording this the night before you guys are going to publish it, and the plan is to release this episode at the same time you guys release the blog post. So, if people hear the episode first, they can go and click on the blog post. It will actually be in the show notes. Like a running joke of Cast was, it will be in the show notes, and there's no show notes. This will be one of the few episodes that has show notes, and the show notes will have a link to this blog post and maybe a link to if Dave ever gets around to writing his blog post. I'll, I'll, I'll get there, I'll get there, don't worry. There. <laughs> um, the other thing that I could show you is, uh, obviously took this a stage further, and I like dashboards and metrics and all the rest of the stuff that goes with it. So uh, we created some dashboards around this so that we could try and identify interesting domains uh the unique counts and things like that from the domains that we were doing um and i'm able to quickly show that i think i i am um, sorry to cut in i really liked how you sent it straight from route 53 into logs without actually so, so i use a interact listener to collect my stuff but dave actually sends it straight into is it cloudwatch cloudwatch yeah so straight from route 53 into cloudwatch and then um, added some metrics and, and dashboarded around that. So we've got all our results down the side for all the domains. So these are all domains that have been responding. Um, and then we started breaking it up into stuff that was interesting to us. So like .gov.uk's and just .gov addresses, um, education addresses, total counts, and then some the top subdomains that are coming through. Um, so like the proxy host and it's like auto discover i keynote it's quite interesting tester home don't know what that is but yeah so we, ju- we were just trying to get some more insights into the raw data that we we're getting uh this is the the top resolvers so these are the actual resolver ips that have hit the dns service looking for it but um it's it's difficult to say whether or not they are the ones doing the initial lookup because they could be further down that dns chain um but interestingly most of the the higher responders on here are CDNs and load balancers as well. So that's just some of the ways that we're doing the the metrics around what we were finding. So from our, cool is that? it's pretty Very cool. Cool. From like a risk perspective, what like what risk does this pose to organisations? Well, I mean, if you are concerned or about let, where your let me re- let me rephrase it. So you, you've talked about data bouncing, you've talked about fragments, and they're kind of the same thing. You're talking about exfiltrating data. So is the risk here just data exfiltration, or have you got other risks associated? Like we talked about C2 at the start and how C2 works. Like how, how organizations watching this are like, shit, this is a problem. But what's, what's the underlying risk here? Trust, I guess, um, because you're reliant on those initial domains as the point of trust uh, for any data leaving that environment or in some certain cases coming into the environment. But um, I I think if you fix the first problem with stuff leaving, you uh, inherently fix that second issue of stuff coming inbound as well. Um, But yeah, it's a trust thing, right? Because if you see in your logs, you're normally looking for um, stuff going to domains that you don't know or, um, you know, you're, you're looking up domains against known badness and saying, oh, you know, um, we think this domain's bad. But when you see stuff going out to those well-known domains, um, there's a certain amount of trust there already, um, especially for 
things that you would expect to see leave in that environment. And because the list is so large, we can do things like look at your DNS cache initially to build up a list of the domains that we're going to use for the exfiltration. So we can really tie it down to being um, almost natural traffic uh, within the environment that it, that we're going to be doing the exfiltration from. I think that's where the danger is, really. There's, there's, there's a lot for um defenders to try and pick up on to try and understand that that traffic is actually malicious and there's also the two sides of this as well in that there's stuff going out and it's going to a domain that's supposedly trusted so you might not pick that up in your logs um at the uh at the network end of your target environment but also it's hitting a load balancer or a cdn and then being farmed off from there and then who's responding to that it might not be even hitting the logs of the domain that you're actually using for the data bouncing. So they might not be aware that someone is using their name for this type of exfiltration. So both sides are reliant on whatever it is in the middle to be conscious and alerting uh, on this type of exfiltration technique. So I think that's the that's the problem space that we've got here is that both sides might be blind to the fact that this is actually going on. Um, that's, that's better than I could have said it, Dave. Um, I, I think the other, the other, the other, the other component here is what um, implied controls are no longer on the table. So um, if, to Dave's point about known bad addresses, if you've got like some wretched domain, like dot Scott or something like that, um, and you've, <laughs> I had to. Um, uh, you you don't actually get to block that um, because if if Apple's resolving or if sorry I don't mean to mention anybody specific but if the trusted or high high ranking well, we we use we use Apple as the first example so it's like we're not we're not shitting on Apple as an example here it's just the yeah let's not kick kick, kick them down the road though let's, <laughs> let's spread the love spread there, the are, love. there are there are lots more exciting domains that are that uh, that are relating to cybersecurity and cybersecurity defense that we totally cannot mention, but I'm sure people will find out eventually because um, this this problem probably won't go away. But um, say, for example, you've blocked a domain, um, you've blocked your do- you've blocked the domain here, but Apple hasn't, or or actually they still need to resolve that. So whilst you're not getting um, like you're not moving up to a certificate, um, um, you know where you're actually going to block it at um, the the web layer. Um, you're you're still going to get that DNS request. You're still going to get the data, so you don't have the capability to block um, this type of attack by using traditional. Like if if um, if Acme Core says, "All right, you know what? Actually, I know where Dave's uh, C two is. I'm going to block its IP address." Doesn't matter, you know. What, and what, about, what is, about technologies like DNSSEC and stuff like that? Though, do they not come into play? Well, because the DNS has already been done at the um, the target network that you're on. As far as they're concerned, that DNS resolution is absolutely fine because it's going to it is going to Microsoft. It's going along the route towards Microsoft or towards Apple or to to whoever, um, and it's at a point in that infrastructure once it's left that environment that is doing that lookup. So, as far as your environment is concerned, everything's cool, right? You, you wanted to send something to, um, you know, the Met Office. I did a resolution for the Met Office. I gave you the IP address and you sent data up there. Everything's cool. It's what happens when it gets there and it starts unwrapping that HTTP packet and seeing, oh, but I've got a different host header here. Uh, maybe I should do a look up there and see where that is. That's outside of that environment. It's already gone, already left. So it's difficult. It's difficult. Things like, um, you know, DNS um, whitelisting, um, 
we can still get around that if we know what's in that whitelist like i said there's there's a high chance with some of the names that we've got in this um in the, in the domain list that it's going to be in there so i was speaking to someone um about this and i mentioned it to them and they came back and said you're an absolute twat dave because we've just had two weeks of threat modeling and we had <laughs> dns exfiltration as part of our threat modeling um, but we kind of brushed it to the side because the amount of domains that we actually allow in the environment is quite small. But you've mentioned at least three of them in your POC. So <laughs> it was like, uh, uh, okay. So yeah, everyone's back to the drawing wall with DNS Exfil because it's the the um the the other good bit here is that um well, well not the good bit, the sucky bit here is that even on traditional DNS Exfil, there's a lot of people that just can't blanch accept it because it's too expensive to keep that information just on the off chance that, you know, um uh something bad might be happening somewhere. Uh, and and, and I, I I believe that there's some stuff that will pick up some types of detections. Um, but this this just pushes it even further back, doesn't it? And there's the there's the other side of this as well, in that if it is your domain that's being used for this type of exfiltration and you put out, you know, you go on MISP and you're like, yeah, we had C2 calling back to xyzdomain.com, um, it's the reputation of that xyz domain that then gets, oh, they're acting as like maliciously. So their domain reputation is going to take a hit. So oh, okay. maybe I wouldn't want my domain to be part of that list. Just uh... so that's a that's a, that's a good point of like um, removing yourself so that you're not part of the problem. And um, one of the things I wanted to touch on because I've forgotten it twice, and every time I was going to say something, you guys like, oh crap, I forgot what I was going to say. I remember it now. And um, so the 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 top, the majestic million, or the the sort of corpus that we worked with, these were all mostly top level domains, so like primary uh, root domain .tld type thing. And um, but when we decided to focus on some particular vendors. It, it just looks like they wrap up. Um, if you see it on one of their domains, you're probably going to see it on many, many, if not all of their domains. So like if you've got, um, you know, um, defense software running in your environment that keeps an eye on what web traffic you might be, uh, you might be um, visiting and it might be scored or measured or uh, allowed or denied, m maybe a cloud firewall that does such a thing. I don't know. Um, when, when we do your, traditional dns um um enumeration um we, we did the same thing we we got a lot i think uh, i i personally used amas dave did you use amas yeah amas is cool um so enumerate all the domains and then put all of those domains through the recruiter file and then you've got a very uh, tailored list of domains so you know if you're if you're if you're red and you're mapping out your target and you start to identify on the outside some of the technologies that that, that your um, target is using, um, you can be very specific. So if you wanted to use a defense provider, a product, um, you know, and they're on the list or you can find data bouncing candidates, um, you know, it, it, it's the the stuff that we've seen has been very, very high level. And, and this is why um, we said a few times that it's like a kaleidoscope of turds because it just keeps getting worse and worse. And like the, the, in every different direction that you look at this, you're like, uh, I'm so sorry, and 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 we're just talking about host headers at the moment. Like there, there are other areas we haven't done any tooling. It's theoretical, but we know that it's sound because we've done like I've done very noddy versions of right. Collaborator says yes, okay, we're good, you know. But um, yeah, it it it's it's well, going to be something I'd like to ask you, like to, if you want to dive into that a little bit. Is um obviously people will be able to look at uh, in the article, but um you've got a couple of additional kind of methods for for soliciting the the host name lookups um you know 
uh, there's a video for one of them on on the uh, on the blog post. But yeah, if you, if you want to dive into those a little bit, is that with my face like this? And so it goes back. That's it done. It goes back to that that principle of um, get something else to do a host name lookup for you, and then put your data in in the host head in the host name so um some of the other things that will give you a host name lookup um in in modern web applications are um so you guys everybody knows the hacker's choice right thc um um they 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 put up twitter up the other day and they were going i can't believe that twitter is blocking my domains which was pointing to a tool so i was like ah Aha, that's looking, that's following the domain. And by following the domain, it's already done a lookup before it even gets to the resource, right? That can data bounce. So I was like, that's interesting. Let's have a look at Twitter. And that's even before you hit send. So it will it will read it from the DOM uh, and then send it, which it obviously has to send to the server. But, you know, the, the commitment of pressing enter for me is where it should be sent rather than maybe some XHTTP JavaScript. Ah, but, but people want to see the preview before they hit send to make sure exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it might look like so this cool. hit send, hit yeah. send. Yeah. So um so that that moves you to 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 Dave's point is it's not just Twitter. There's anything that does a link preview or a, a URL or a, or maybe even a URI preview. Anything that goes, I, I can fetch that, let me go and get it. But before I get it, I need to know where it is to be got, hostname lookup. So um Slack discord um teams, teams yeah. there's 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 whole subsets for other people not me and dave We've, we want our lives back don't we dave i do so like there's <laughs> whole <laughs> there's whole bunches of stuffs um that will go and do these and um, the reason why we gravitated towards hostetters mostly was because it was the first thing that we found but as it turns out where there are other examples some of them might need more engineering to happen so like if you're using any of the things that we just mentioned you'll need a session and you'll need to control that and you probably need to be programmatically sound not me dave um, and so like there's a commitment there so, so if you're a red teamer um or you're uh, you, you know you're a, a c2 a fasciando well, do you say it? Aficionado. 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 If, you, uh, if you're a frequent fancier of C2 comms, then, you know, you might spend a bit of time to do R&D on, you know, um, stuff that absolutely will. Like, we know that some some frameworks are using Microsoft's infrastructure, um, not naming anybody, Dom. Um, and then, so I think, like, I think if we normalize this method, lots of other people could possibly use it in their C2 and we only want to use that to apply pressure so that the fix is there, Dave. Yeah, that's right. And when you think about C2, um, you know, it's the it's the call back to your command and control server that's normally the heavyweight call. Typically, when you're making, uh, you know, you're tasking your agent, they're fairly small packets, but the responses from those, um, those taskings are normally what's large. So if you can use, uh, you know, a data exfiltration method over a fairly well-known domain to kind of hide that data inside, you're, you know, you're, you're covering your tracks fairly well with that. And that's um, that was evident with the, the mythic agent that we built. So even though um, the call coming in um, wasn't over one of the well-known domains, um, it was still a domain not in our control but it, it wasn't one of those big named ones all of the bulk of that traffic is still going to go back via um those super well-known domains so you you're going to look in with that um so how, yeah. how does it work from it so we talked about kind of the red the red team perspective you're talking about c2 you're talking about dns exfil but from like a blue team perspective how do you 
fix it or can you fix it is there a fix i i think you can um to a certain degree but again with the detections there's going to come cpu cycles and you know it's going to be intensive trying to look for it one of the things is looking for host headers that don't match your um the domain that you're actually sending the traffic out to and um or and as John alluded to, it might not necessarily be the host head. It might be the referrer. It might be exported for. So you've got three or possibly four or maybe more that we haven't found to check. But um, th- there are ways that you can find it. But is it worth the time and effort looking for it? I don't know. Um, yeah. and is it on- is it is it really your problem to be looking for it? Or is it the infrastructure's problem where that's going to that's actually doing the lookup that maybe they shouldn't? Um, I suppose where where do you where do you find that out to? Do you find yeah. out to your is it is it down to your EDR vendor to pick this up? If you don't have an EDR vendor, is it down to your network team? Is it down to your SOC team? Is it down to your I mean EDR is quite good at picking up um beaconing anyway. So when you've got something that's calling out a, a, a typical beacon period, but with something like those Windows weather widget, it's gonna be it's gonna it beacons out itself, right? It's it it has <laughs> all the characteristics of a beacon because that's what it does it's looking for has the weather changed no has the weather changed no um and it's doing that all the time and that's basically all you see two's doing have i got a tasking no has the weather changed (laughs) (laughs) so 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 everything's like very similar um you could look at stuff calling out to domains that that wouldn't be so you know um is notepad making a call out to the weather domain uh that's obviously going to be a bit weird but as we've seen some of the domains are quite well known so you can target your injection into a process that would normally be calling out to that so the example we gave the uh, the itunes.apple.com if i was to inject into itunes um and then use itunes as uh, as the um kind of cave for where my c2 agents running um as a as a blue team if you see itunes as a process calling out to itunes the domain even though the edr might be screaming this is malicious because you know it's done process hollowing or whatever to get in there um as a defender you're just going to be like that that doesn't really look that bad because it's itunes calling out to itunes i'm going to let that one go probably and it'll be marked as a false positive if you if there are any blue teamers listening that think that itunes calling out to itunes is is malicious um or how you would kind of investigate that further um I, i'd be keen to know because like i said we, we spoke to quite a lot of people about this and, and how to detect it and it just every stone that we thought we were unturning there was just a thousand more beetles running out from underneath it it's like oh my god let's put that, that stone back quick so what's the response been like so you obviously you said you, you've spoken to you went down the responsible exposure route like what, what have people given it uh people have been yet we see the issue but it's not it's not ours like it's not down to us yeah it's our domain but it's not our infrastructure um other people have gone it's not not really our problem um so the internet works it's how the internet works that was my favorite it's how the internet works um i um i think the the thing that um we found a bit astonishing was and i think that that was around the time where we're like do you know what screw trying to inform people they can like they can figure this out themselves we we dev made sure that we we reached out to a reasonable amount of people that we might care about in the west um and say um you know expect this but 
some of the like when we had a conversation with one um while we're on topic of edr we had we had a conversation with one edr vendor we had to go through hacker one because that was the channel that you that you communicate with these people and um they were just like yeah um <laughs> it, there was there was another one as well wasn't there, for, through the through the crowd bug bounty platform and uh yeah the the initial triage was basically we don't care unless you can get a session <laughs> it was like i don't think you understand the issue right <laughs> yeah. and i think that the main thing is is that they're going yeah that's not actually touching our infrastructure like it's using your domain so like yeah. in in this case it was um um to a degree they're correct because um it's actually the, the content delivery network or their cloud waf that's protecting them so um because they've they're taking the traffic it's it's those people that um that told us um that's how the internet works and um, that are saying yeah we're not bothered about that go away so when we reached out to some of their prominent clients microsoft being one of them um um they were saying well it's not actually touching us so but like you do understand that it's your domain that measures your trust on somebody's network. You know, like if you go, oh, this product's running, well, we don't know that domain, let's block it. Oh, this product's running, oh, we trust that domain, let that traffic out. You know, like, and they know this, but I think there's an element of because their hands are tied um, or they don't really know I think there's a lot of burying the head in the sand because they don't know what the answer is. And I I think that a lot of people just don't want to get engaged with it because they'll be... A level of responsibility to get something fixed within that organization so i think i think, I think you're right i think there is a level of the first to flinch on who's going to sort of take one on the chin to try and address this is going to be the one that everybody else looks at um and that leads me on nicely so like on the blue team stuff andy and um, there's three things that are probably worth talking about um one of them is um so the um ollie who's now at uh, ncsc um I think he's he's got some nice ideas of how to detect it. Um, I think um, we we had a chat with Darktrace, didn't we, Dave? Yeah. Um, they're, they're up for trying to do it, and they were the only people um, that were uh, um, that would come forward and say, "Look, you know, we might be able to participate in preventing this. We w- might not be able to. We we won't be the sole people that can prevent this. This needs um, you know collaborative effort, um, especially." They, they saw it was a problem, and they wanted to help fix it which is more than a lot yeah. of others have done so everybody else bounced and then there was something that um there no, was no a... pun intended there at all they just they, they bounced that data to fuck <laughs> boing um <laughs> and then there was there was a a chap um um who we all know um, mentioned his name before we recorded he was he was basically saying um i think i'm okay to say this it was uh, there's, there's nothing sensitive here uh, but he just didn't say it to me directly he said it to his boss um he was basically saying that you're imposing cost but the wrong way <laughs> so you know that's you're supposed to impose cost on the other side of things but the um the amount of um possibly re-architecture and visibility and cost of storage that you would need to implement to get true visibility on the off chance that you're facilitating a data bounce or your data is leaving through data bounces is probably going to be significant because of how broad the the playground is for you know like how much how much we um, and how many different ways we can perform a indirect host name lookup indirect exfil type thing. So um, from so- a from like a deceptive engineering perspective, thinking from the blue team here for a second, if you were to fill like a DNS cache on an endpoint with dummy hosts that you guys have got in a list of some description, that would be a potential way to detect it if, if beacons are going out to that those endpoints. 
Yeah, if if they were using that mechanism of dumping DNS cache locally to build out the list of the domains that they were going to use, but those though so what we actually do is use the list from that cache and match it against the list of known ones that actually work to actually build out that list. So um no, that wouldn't work, unfortunately, but good idea. <laughs> I like I like I like where you're thinking. <laughs> And, and and that's why, like, even though um, you know, you could probably blast it in a random direction with some domains and get pretty good hits, but we do need a level of um you, you could seed it with a domain that you know that you don't use, but it is on the list, and then that would obviously be your your honey token, honey or even token. a sub even a subdomain of um one of those domains that is allowed would be a good way to token it. So um, I was going. To, I was going to dive in because obviously this, this, we're recording this before the blog post goes out. But what what can people expect from the blog post that maybe haven't read the blog post? So obviously we've talked about the different techniques. We talked about it from red perspective, blue perspective. But what are you guys releasing on top of the blog post? Is there tooling coming out, or are you just being like, here's here's the problem? Yeah. So we're releasing some tooling which will aid organisations to see if they their own domains are susceptible to data bouncing um, so that they can then check whereabouts in their infrastructure is that happening and maybe try to address it. Um, and then obviously the flip side of that is for the red teamers to have a way of utilizing this to exfiltrate data out of, out of the environment. Uh, we won't be releasing the full C2. Um, as I said, it's uh, if you fix the exfil, you fix the, the infill um so it's just going to be the exfil side that we'll be releasing but it's still beneficial to have that that type of uh yeah. mechanism to get stuff out of an environment at scale with a trusted domain i i, I think um um the those when you read the blog post you'll get the principle and if you've got the principle and you've got the capability to create your own renditions of how to implement data bouncing yourselves um i'm i'm kind of excited about that i i think it'll be interesting to see how community takes it and does its own variants or like you know uh, maybe they don't use the host headers maybe they use the emails Aiden, or maybe they use um web signups or um uh, or links or whatever but um, I will have to give Nick Dunn a shout out. Um, he, so um, Nick, Nick, I think the code that's going to be referenced on the blog post will be um, from uh, Nick's uh, GitHub. Um, so he's been putting the, some stuff together. Basically, um, I think he's pinched some of your Python, Dave, and uh, made it work for me. Because um, I think when when we initially started, uh, yeah, it, probably not the right place to show that first video, Dave. They wanted to call it FedEx because we were exploiting <laughs> through federal domains, <laughs> and um, it's been responsibly disclosed. I might add that they, oh, they are aware of it. It has, it has, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they'll like I, watching it anyway. No, but I just, I, I found the irony of using highly trusted government organisations to exfiltrate data via was, yeah, that's quite nice. amusing. It's on the nose, but sometimes you need that as well, don't you? Because it's like it, um, we needed it to get traction into what we were doing, and for people to initially like sit up and be like, "Oh yeah, this is a problem." Because if you just send it with some yeah, other yeah. domains, they're just like, "Oh yeah, whatever." But when yeah, you we, we, when we sent that one out, it was like, uh, 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 "Oh okay, yeah, this looks interesting." 
Um, there was something that was quite fun. Um, um, Dave Ashton from AWS, uh, I'd messaged him because originally uh, me and Dave were on this high and then we were like, we need a fix for this. It's fun. And we're like, giggity, giggity, giggity with the whole like having fun and sending it. Oh, no, no, do these, do it. It's giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> but then like we were like, we need to we need to be grown up a little bit here. Um, this was Dave thinking, not mine. And um, so I thought, let me let, um, let me reach out to people who I think uh, are smart and let me sort of get a measurement from them. And there was something that Dave said that was quite nice. He says, um, "How do you rate this on a CVSS calculator?" And I was like, "Oh, that's that's a good interview question. If 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 this like if this term data bouncing or this principle takes off and it becomes common uh, as a as a thing." Um, I, that would be a fun one to have a conversation about because um, when you go through your, um, you know, your little calculator, you're going to struggle to give it any impact. But actually, it does remove quite a lot of web defense level boundaries because it it starts off as trusted good web and then it sneaks off into it changes gear from a TCP thing to a UDP thing. That's cool. And and it's completely indirect as well. So, you know, all of those things that we've discussed, like discussed, like who's to blame for this, who's accountable for this, who wants to know about this, you know. But the the measuring of it, of in terms of like what are we dealing with here, it's it's weird. Um, and that I think that's one of the main things that sort of kept us interested. Interested. Um, there was something else that I wanted to say as well. Uh, it was around tooling. We've mentioned Nick. Uh, it's going to be on his GitHub blog post. And um, eventually, um, I'll probably put some screen records um, of the tool to be run. But I'm hoping that I'm hoping that other people will pull the tools apart and maybe even add more features like um, time delays or um, what else? What else do I want? I'm not sure what. Just more interested to see what community does with it. Yeah, also, I'm, I'm interested to see where else this research goes because at the moment we've only looked at like the http side of life in terms of content delivery networks and um as we know cdns are capable of quite a bit more than just rerouting web traffic so um even things like opening up web sockets at the edge and things like that so if you could get a web socket opened up over a domain that you don't own that's obviously going to be highly valuable to um Red teamers and stuff like that, and John, John's found his thought. His thought has popped into his head. No, I, I was. I remember Dave. I don't know if I told you this. Um, um, so it'll do HTTP two and HTTP three, but that's irrelevant. And and also, you cannot put content in the front of this. So whilst we just go for the slash, you could actually still make requests for like common known um uh, uh, web fit web asset information, and we'll never need it. But from a log perspective, it look interesting. That's not what I wanted to say, Dave. Um, my Lenovo, this one here. Know why you two are smiling? Um, my, my Lenovo laptop has a five G SIM card in it, and um, my crap network at home. Um, I, I fell off my wireless network, and it said, "Oh, please top up your three mobile because I don't have any credit." So I thought, "Hmm, I've got access to the network, and I can access three's domain. Let me map out three and see if I can bounce through that, which I can." But then I thought, "Why did I just do three? Why don't I do everything?" And it turns out, sorry, three. Um, at least for three, you can still push information out of a, a SIM card that's got no credit. And that's got some utility there because if you're in an environment where an oppressive regime is stopping you from using your cellular network, or you just don't have any credit, or you don't want any credit because it's tied to it. A... I like how we went from fucking oppressive regime to maybe you've just run out of phone credit, you know? Like... <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's a very clear path there, Andy. The same thing. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just somewhere in the middle. <laughs> There is only column A and there is only column B. There's nothing in between those two. Um, but but the point is, 
that's that's pretty interesting as well because from a um from a network perspective are you off the network or are you blocked on the network and can you move through the network using this method you know so it'd be interesting for for other people that are on different networks that hopefully don't have any credit and aren't under the governance of an oppressive regime um, you know, maybe you guys can test it and um, faff a little bit and say, right, well, on this network, it does the same thing. Because I think um, one of uh, Ollie, Ollie Whitehouse's point is get it out there. Probably didn't say it like that, but he said the, the sooner when are you releasing it, um, the sooner that people know about it, the sooner that people can um, either address it or be aware of it. And, you know, I think the main thing is if the only thing that you get from this is visibility that it exists and and then the option to get some visibility over it or or make decisions, you know, maybe some smart ass will come along and go, this is how you detect this. And and, and the other side of it is, you know, um, um, maybe EDR gets way better so that they, they can't, Dave can't put his Python on there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, I, I want to tell you that bit about the, the credit. Uh, I don't know if I did tell you about it already, but I wanted to mention it because we're probably running out of time. We are. We're good. I mean, um, so so the one thing I was going to ask is if if um, uh, yeah, if people get hold of the you know your blog and get hold of the codes, have a look at it, and um, want to work on it a bit, um, are you guys open to them reaching out to you, getting in touch, and and kind of you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if it's anything related to any type of programming apart from me saying Echo host name or summit. Then I'm just going to be like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to put you on to Dave or Nick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, um, uh, <laughs> I think, or, or, or Andy or Aiden. Or, or Andy. I think the main thing is, is, um, people faffoing, um, and, um, uh, features... what does, what does, what does faffo stand for, John? Feck around, find out. Feck it. <laughs> um, I, I think, stop. Uh, it done? <laughs> I think I think the, it'd be interesting to see what features people ask for. Like, can you can you imagine if it was possible to bang stuff from standard out into this that dynamically broke it down into bytes of sixty three and just shoveled it? Like, that could become a really impressive um, little bit of kit for your pen test rig or your red team or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be uh, that's beyond me. I, I can barely script, uh, and that's even with ChatGPT helping me. Like, look at Dave smiling. I can see you on the little small screen, Dave. So um, yeah, I'm I'm dead grateful for the help that um, uh, uh, like if I, I know if it wasn't for Dave, um, I'd have just gone. Oh, this is interesting. Shoot a little blog post, not very scalable. Just you know, like something else that's on my website that I'll go when somebody else does this in a year or two. I'm like, I did. I'm like, shut up. I did it cooler. Um, so working with Dave, always a pleasure, uh, but his ability to spin things up and build things out almost immediately is fucking impressive. And Nick, like super grateful for Nick as well to get me my little, my, my client server working with a few guys use um, Discovery Projects Interact. Um, it, um, it, I'll probably need to mention that as well, but you'll need your Interact server to collect um, when you're doing like the poor man's version if you don't have a, a cloud setup. But um, yeah, it'll... it'll um, the main thing is just to get people talking about it and see what they do with it. Me, me and Dave have like, we've been balls to the walls for weeks on this. And now we're just like, right, go away now. You guys deal with it. And I think we'd have probably released it sooner. Hadn't we been nice to people about um, how long we would give them, even giving them this time. I, 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 I genuinely don't think that anything's happened. It's been than- good to gauge like that initial reaction and then the initial responses that we were getting there, because it's put us in a position now that we're like, Okay, they don't seem bothered themselves. Let's put it out there. Let's get 
at least everyone knowing about it and talking about it and see what comes of it. Because if it isn't an issue, as they say it is, then no harm, no foul, right? But we think it is, and we think more people need to know about it, get visibility of it, and, and let's do something about it. If it means rewriting the HTTP protocol, then... You know. Well, I mean, that's what you're aiming for, isn't it, Dave? You're looking for trouble, aren't you? Well, so, so ultimately, I mean, we, we want to wrap this up a little bit, but um, we talked about this earlier on, not in the podcast, but like a couple of weeks ago, that this might be the death of HTTP one because HTTP two and three may they don't they don't solve it. Well, shit. Yeah, yeah. We, but can I also point out, of course, that this isn't a DNS issue. If someone tells you on LinkedIn that this is part of a DNS issue and DNS is at fault. Do not listen to them. They're a fucking liar. They're, they're a liar. They're a charlatan a, cunt. A LinkedIn charlatan. Yeah. There was there was a moment. <laughs> there was a moment where me and Dave were like, we, we didn't have pipes, but let's pretend that we we're both sat there just having a deep like, like you know that kind of stare from somebody that's seen war. We we're both like, was Jenkins right? <laughs> we had like a a millisecond of like, maybe. No, 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 it can't be. And then no. it sort of it was like double down on like, if you visualize the journey of what's happening, you know that it's not a DNS issue. And and here's why it's because it's part of the HTTP protocol that's actually causing that DNS lookup to happen. It's nothing to do with DNS. It's no DNS servers that are at fault. So let's just put that one to bed before someone decides to put some PNGs out with red boxes around them and call it a big issue. Fuck it, they'll do it anyway. They will do it anyway. anyway. Um, on, on that note, Gentlemen, have we got any closing thoughts? Uh, if anyone wants a burp collaborator working through Route 53 uh, and think that that is a good idea, let me know, and I'll probably build it. Um, at the moment, I've put it to the back of my things to do because time and effort and all that. But if there's a cry for it in the community or if anyone else wants to build it, um, more than happy to help them along that path. So, um... John? I think my closing thoughts are not the, not the TCP three here at handshake. <laughs> what is that on Dave's shoulder? What chocolate? What? Okay, okay, okay. If you say it's chocolate, it's fine. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll in, in typical Ouija cast style. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure to to plug both your Twitters um, and obviously the blog posts and, and stuff in the. Um, in the show description, um, probably call it for for Nick as well, um, and and anything else that you guys you know want to include for you know shouting out on this this particular story. Um, we say congratulations to John for winning the uh, Halloween costume event tonight for the best cosplay of Harold Chipman. <laughs> Dave, on that note, <laughs> oh, on yeah, on that note, indeed, I've been Andy. I've been Aiden. Thanks, everyone. And you've been listening to WeGCast. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Thanks everyone. People. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.